back to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and I am so excited for a guest this week because it is a topic I have heard a lot about, don't know too much about, but would love to dive deeply and intimately into our guest's trauma and what she's done to make a difference from it. <laughs> um, I am so excited to introduce Haley Caddish. She's the founder of the Chill Pill app great name, a safe digital peer support group and space to escape, heal and build meaningful relationships, primarily for Gen Zers. She built and launched the New York program of the Knowledge Society, which is an emerging tech accelerator program for Gen Z future entrepreneurs. Oh my God. She graduated (laughs) from Columbia University, honey. And she most recently went viral on TikTok about sharing her story of being sent to a troubled teen program. Haley, thank you for coming on the pod. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I am so grateful that we were connected because I remember not long ago when the Paris Hilton uh, show and story came out and people were coming out, like so many people in my, my field of vision were coming out with stories about that this troubled teen I don't know what to even call it wilderness therapy (laughs) program had actually happened to them as well. And I'm so excited to talk about this with you. And I guess the best place to start is let's like rewind back to when you were younger, like what kind of teen were you that led you to be someone that was put into a wilderness therapy program? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. No, um, Yeah, when that documentary came out, it was kind of crazy because I never really talked about that to anyone besides my friends I had met there, right? And so seeing so many people come out of the woodwork and say, hey, this happened to me too. And even on my TikTok, all of these people coming Mm -hmm. out and saying, yeah, I've been there too has been a really powerful experience. Um, But yeah, when I was... So I grew up mainly in Utah. And so this is... So I'm 27 now. So this is like over a decade ago at this point when I was living there. And so mental health was even less talked about at, you know, than it is now. Um, and I essentially was struggling with undiagnosed mental illness and had some unresolved childhood trauma that I didn't really know how to cope with. I didn't even really understand that it was trauma or anything like that at the right. time. And so I just wasn't talking to anyone about how I was feeling. I thought I was going batshit crazy, quite honestly. I was like, what are all these intense yeah. emotions and anxiety and depression? And um, for me, just because I was so desperately trying to figure out how to deal with like this, you know, emotional pain and stress, like I just kind of spiraled into very self-destructive behaviors really quickly. So um, specifically really struggle with self-harm and substance abuse and, you know, suicidal uh, suicidal thoughts and tendencies, some suicide attempts. And really, you know, I... And I, again, I just thought I was going crazy. Like I didn't know other people struggled with this stuff too. And so really, you know, my parents, um, like they felt at a certain point that they couldn't really keep me safe at home, uh, mainly Mm. because of the suicidal, uh, uh, suicide attempts and Mm. also the substance abuse. I was just kind of going out of control, trying to find anything that made me feel better. So, um, so parents are usually, uh, not really presented with other options besides kind of these troubled teen programs. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they feel, oh, I can't really keep my daughter or son safe at Mm -hmm. home. And so that's kind of how I ended up in in those programs. Wow. And I mean, gosh, 16, I grew up, I mean, the confidants know this. I grew up in Florida where, (laughs) you know, anything and everything was on the table in terms of drugs, alcohol, sexual experiences, access to things we should not have access to. The public school I went to was, you know, the stuff that they make movies out of, right? Like literally euphoria. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) the high school I went to. But I wonder, I mean, as soon as you said you were from Utah, I kind of went like, oh, because I feel like this is a thing. I mean, it's a thing everywhere, but is it, like more specific to certain areas that we feel like maybe we don't have any resources at that age. Like there's no, especially at that time you talk about all those years ago, we didn't have like guidance counselors trusted (laughs) with our emotional feelings. But is this a thing more known to those? I don't know what that 
kind of state is called, but like wildernessy states. <laughs> right. I mean, I had never even heard of it before I was really mm. sent there. Um, but even so, and, and I don't even know if my parents had really heard of it until they kind of looked into like what to do with me. But, um, mm. but I think one thing too, with growing up in a super religious society, even though, so I'm, mm. I wasn't raised religious, like my family mm. isn't religious. We just mm. never went to church, never really talked about it. Which was kind of interesting because then I all I knew about religion and like morals um, from outside my family was like Mormonism. And uh, right. especially at the time, and especially to young women, it can be a very um, oppressive culture. I, to be fair, I think it's gotten a lot better in recent years. Um, but yeah, at the time, especially like anything sexual was very, very looked down upon if you had sex before marriage. So even for me, like I, you know, had sex when I was, I think I was like 14 and yeah. I wasn't really against my own, like it was consensual. It wasn't really sure. against my own values, but yeah. everyone, when people found out it became a whole deal, you know, like you're a slut, all the things. And I, and so yeah. I kind of adopted that, like absorbed that and was like, oh, am I a bad person? Like, am I just mm. kind of ruined? And that was one thing that really kind of started my downward spiral because I just had all this conflicting kind of outside and internal information on who am I, what do I believe about myself and the world around me that was just really hard for me to reconcile. Yeah. Wow. And I think that age is so tough, like wherever you are in mm -hmm. the world. I mean, there's so many messages being put at like your feet yeah. of who you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to be. And what do you feel like maybe your parents felt that was beyond, you know, and I'm making air quotes, like the normal teen drama of like trying drugs or being sexually active or, you know, what, what, what was pushing it over the edge for them? Yeah, I think it really was the like suicide attempts, quite honestly, because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, and I'm like, I love my parents. Like I don't have resentment towards them mm -hmm. for sending me to these programs. I really am like, I think it honestly did probably save my life. And that was mm -hmm. kind of the only uh, option. Um, for them at the time. And so, um, mm. you know, I think I, I really do think it was that because I, I wouldn't know what to do if I had a daughter yeah. or son, you know, that age dealing with that. And, you know, they tried therapy. It's not like it was just like all of a sudden we're being sent away. Sure. Right. Tried therapy. I didn't like it because they say, oh, if you think about hurting yourself or someone else, we have to tell your parents. And I'm like, well, great. So I'm not going to tell you anything yeah. <laughs> like yeah, at that age. Exactly. So, so yeah, I think it was really that. Um, uh, for them. And I'm going to ask like kind of a harsh question because I also was a, I guess, uncontrollable teen. Again, I'm making like <laughs> air quotes and I was threatened a lot. Like we're going to do like, you know, you're going to have to go do this and blah, blah, blah. And I guess I now knowing what I know, realizing that it was mental health struggles and not behavioral, I do get that, that sense of like, wow, I really needed like love mm -hmm. and care at that time. Not in like your case, the extreme of like being ripped out of my bed in the middle of the night and taken to the woods to like toughen me up. So what is your like, how do you reconcile that? Because you mentioned you have a great relationship with your parents, which I'm so happy and like grateful that that you've come to that like conclusion over time. But how do you reconcile with that struggle of like, maybe I needed tender loving comfort and not thrown into right. the woods or maybe you were like yeah my bitch has to be thrown into the woods right I mean yeah it's a, I mean to be fair like getting our relationship to the point it's at now took years you know it's mm. not like I like at the time I was really upset um even though mm -hmm. I still kind of understood at the time like why this was happening mm -hmm. um I mean it, it's actually, even in recent years, I've had to kind of reconcile this idea that like, oh, it wasn't really like my fault that I was sent there actually. So a lot of the healing has even just come internally of being like, I had, I had no idea how to cope with what I was going through in terms of mental illness, in terms of trauma. Like I've had years and years of therapy to kind of go through this at this point where yeah. I'm like, oh no, that was just, and that was kind of most of the um, people at, you know, at the programs I was at was the same thing. It's like a lot of us just had like trauma or came from abusive homes or whatever. That wasn't my case, but there's many of people's cases. And it's just, we didn't know how to deal with that. Right. And so, right. 
And, and again, that comes from like your, your family too. You don't just kind of like learn these behaviors randomly or, um, and I think what I'm really grateful for is my family, my parents, especially like also put in a lot of work on their side. Like they had never Mm. really gone to therapy before Mm. I was sent away. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. they had never. And so for years, like they've been going, they've been trying, they've been learning about themselves. And like, I've seen a lot of growth with them as well. So I I have, I think a unique situation compared to many Mm. of the people I went to those programs with in that my family was like, we're investing like in our growth as well. We understand this is a family system and not mm. like this, the, you know, this didn't just happen in a vacuum to Haley. Like, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. her behaviors are outwardly the most extreme or intense or dangerous or whatever, but you know, this is kind of on all of us. And so we've all right. put in work for years. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that is amazing. And I think like, when I think of these programs, my mind goes again to like the Paris Hilton story, the things I see like on Ma- Ma- Maori, what's his name? Maury, Maury Povich yeah. shows <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. where they're screaming at the children. And like, so I want to, I want to dive a little bit more into that. So like, let's rewind. And can you tell us about like the night that it happened? Like the night you were taken? Yeah, it's so interesting because I felt like I kind of blacked it out until the Paris Hilton documentary, which mind you comes out 10 years after, you know, this happened to me because it was just so normal. Like that happened to most people, right? That went to these programs. So, um, so, you know, you're only talking about it to people there where it's like, yep, that happened to me too. Like I was also gooned is like what we called it. (laughs) So, um, But yeah, I mean, the main thing I remember is just like, and she says this in her documentary, but it's just seeing like how sad and powerless my parents Mm -hmm. kind of looked at the time because I'm screaming, like I'm out of my mind. Like I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure I was high. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't in a good state. And, you know, it was really scary because you don't know what's happening for the first bit. And then they're like, we're going on a plane. We're going to Southern Utah. I'm like, great. Like, (laughs) oh no, like I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was just um, like, I I think too, like one thing I remember is just also, I have two younger brothers and we're all like pretty close in age. I'm, you know, we're all kind of 18 months apart essentially. Um, And so that was also sad because I just remember their faces too and seeing how like disruptive that was to their lives. Even just me being sent away in general, let alone like that one event. Um, I felt like a ton of shame and guilt and like immediately when you go to wilderness and then, you know, eventually a residential treatment program. Um, yeah, you're really just told like, yeah, you're a bad kid and this is why you're here and this is all your fault. And like, you have to like write a whole letter of accountability to your family immediately and all this stuff where you're just like, they kind of reinforce that. Yeah, this is on you. Like you got yourself sent here. Therefore you deserve to, you deserve to have been taken from, you know, your bed in the middle of the night. You deserve to have like, have to hike in the snow for months or whatever it may be. And it's just kind of, um, it takes years to really unlearn that. It's almost like a little Stockholm syndrome for for years. Yeah. Yeah. Little, I feel like it would be exactly that. Like that's the definition of, um, and, and I mean, I've, I've seen your TikToks where you talk about like the timeline and the things you were forced to endure. Can you give listeners kind of like that, I mean, it starts off like, you you know, you talk about like walking in the snow, you were forced to like do a solo alone. Mm-hmm. Like, can you kind of walk me through what the timeline of wilderness therapy, and I'm making big air quotes, right. like wilderness <laughs> therapy entails? Yeah. So usually you're there. They always lie to you. They say you're going to be there for like four weeks or something. Mm-hmm. And it's almost all, I think the average was like 12 weeks. I think that's how long what? I was there. Yeah. It's about like three months. And it's kind of like in some ways, not for everyone, but it's kind of like almost like a holding cell, I would say, for because while your parents figure out where do I send them longer term, quite honestly, and like you're kind of detoxing. So anyway, so you get sent there. Um, Yeah, you're there. I mean, the hard thing about any of these programs kind of like you're there until your therapist says you're ready to graduate, which can mean really anything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So like you don't know you're going to leave like in that sometimes just I think I found out I was going to leave maybe a week before I had actually left, like once I had been there for three months. Um, so you go, you have to learn how to make fire with sticks. You have to you carry all of your own food in your backpack. Like every week they come out and give you, you know, new food. Um, you pretty much have like one outfit. I think we had like two or 
four pairs of underwear or something. Like, we didn't shower the whole time. Um, I mean, partially because it was cold as shit. So, like, we, like, and you're just out there with these girls. So, I'm like, we all smelled terrible, but you don't really notice after a while. Um, and, yeah, every week you hike, I want to say, I don't know, like 25 or 30 miles total the whole week. And just, yeah, and you, um, and, you know, on at the end of the week, a therapist will drive out you do like a group therapy session, you do individual therapy. And then the rest of the week, you're just kind of with staff who a lot of them are like, I don't know, not college students, maybe like right after college, <laughs> like it's kind of the age of the people working at those places. Um, and uh, yeah, at the very end or towards the end, you have to do a solo, which is just, you aren't allowed to talk to the group essentially for like three days and you have to make your own fire, which, you know, some of us were not good at making fire with sticks. Yeah, and that's so, like, not like an easy thing no, to do. <laughs> it's like, like, look up on YouTube, bow drilling. That's what it is. And it's like, oh, yes, the, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of cool, but at the same time, like kind of you're traumatic. You're not like, because, naked and afraid. Like yeah. you're not like you're surviving, but it's literally the real version of surviving. Yeah. And it's life. just like, I mean, obviously if anything happened to us, like medically, you know, you'd be mm. taken out, like you'd be okay. Um, mm. it's not like we were foraging for food, but, um, mm. but yeah, no. So it, all the wood was like wet cause it was snowing. So sometimes right. it's really hard to get a fire started and like, we just want to eat for the night and, I, you know, it was, it was just kind of wild. And again, like a lot of this is actually weirdly coming out as I'm making these TikToks. Cause like, right. I've never told these stories, um, mm -hmm. on social media before. Like my Instagram yeah. is like on private still. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm literally like doing this for, to really spread the word about chill pill to really hope or help other girls, like hopefully not get to the spot that I was in or any, any yeah. young person where it's just like, had I known other people were going through something like this, I really don't think I would have necessarily had to be sent away. Like I just, right. I just kept spiraling cause I didn't know what to do. And, right. um, so, so I, you know, a lot of these stories are kind of coming through as I'm making TikToks. I'm like, Oh, I remember yeah. that this and this yeah. and this happened. Like, wow, that yeah. was wild. Um, right. so, so yeah. I mean, I just don't see where the, idea sounds like a good idea to put a bunch of like tr you know making air quotes yeah. troubled young girls who are very like high and mighty in their ego and like yes. smart and manipulative together <laughs> in the wood like uh, to me i'm seeing just like a what what's that like conch shell um uh book the lord of the fly like i'm oh, yeah. lord of the flies <laughs> where it's like i did people ever try to like escape or like how, how do you maintain a bunch of fucking pissed off girls i in the honestly woods? i'm like i i mean the groups were in the woods it was only ever like i think 12 of us max so it mm. wasn't like and there'd always be two staff so it's like okay mm. it's not too bad but yeah no there were some huge breakdowns like meltdowns where people would just refuse to hike and we'd have to just sit there for like hours i get it I, i'm pretty sure i did that no one really tried to escape in the woods necessarily because you you would be like dead like you there was no yeah. way you would get out like wow. we didn't see other humans besides our group wow. for three months so did you um, know where you were at all you're like they, did um, they tell you yeah well i knew i was in like the what's it called grand escalantes like the national park is like where we wow. were yeah and so but we weren't allowed to have a map or we weren't allowed to like see how far right. we really hiked like we weren't even allowed to have watches like we didn't know the time <laughs> So, you know, no one really tried to escape there. Once I was sent to my uh, longer term, like therapeutic boarding school, um, that like I tried to run away. Many people tried to run away multiple times when I was there, but that's more like you're in kind of civilization. So, yeah. Yeah. And like my mind goes to immediately like sort of trauma bonding with these women, like Yes, you know, it, it's like the most fucked up version of a summer camp, but like you're still <laughs> 16, like you're still experiencing like hormones and like, yeah. I have to imagine there was hierarchy drama or like, oh, there, yeah. like sexual tension. Like, I feel like if there's like one guy around on set, like there's so many things where I'm seeing liability issues yeah. with <laughs> this being a, an, an, a thing that people do. Like, do, do you, did you feel safe? I mean... It's kind of like, I, 
I did feel safe. I didn't feel like the staff was going to like abuse. I got lucky. I think of the programs I was sent to, like my parents really did their research. So I think I was sent to some of the like better and by better, I mean, mm. least abusive programs right. that like mm. that exist. Cause a lot like Paris Hilton's like, Oh, we were literally beat up like physically, like that didn't happen to me or anyone that I was aware of when I was in these programs. But mm. so I did feel like safe in that respect but you're just so i mean there's definitely social hierarchy i mean it's like going to a new high school right like i you have to figure out like who's you know who's the top dog like who is Mm -hmm. the who like who should you be hanging out with who's cool so it's like the Mm -hmm. same dynamics in that respect Mm -hmm. but just like a million times more intense because all yeah. because now you're in group therapy with these people like all day every day so oh. like you know all the intimate details about their life their trauma their abuse like mm-hmm. and you aren't talking to like I only talked to the same girls for I mean the whole time I was like sent away was just a little under two years so you're talking to your wow. family and then you're talking to these girls like you are not no phone no internet wow. nothing like you're not leaving campus, like you're there like year round. So um, it's kind of insane. And I will say, I mean, I think it is a lot of like trauma bonding, like Mm -hmm. three of my best friends though, currently to this day, I was actually hanging out with two of them last weekend. Like they're from that, that um, not the wilderness, but the therapeutic boarding school. And yeah, like one lives in the Lower East Side really close to me. And so we get to see each other all the time. And it's just like, it's wild. <laughs> it's just like yeah. crazy that that's when we met each other was at a very low point in our lives. But wow. for the longest time, these were the only other people who I could talk to about like and who could relate to this type of thing because it just feels so rare. Turns out it's actually not as rare as you think, but mm-hmm. just feels yeah. so rare. It doesn't really come up in normal <laughs> conversation. Right. Shout out to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. My confidants, you guys know I have recently been going through just an absolute, just wild mental health re-uptick, refresh. And I would not have been able to do that without my counselor, who I love at BetterHelp. What's interfering with your happiness? What's preventing you from achieving your goals? I personally knew I had this ketamine therapy journey starting soon and I was so nervous and I needed that person, that third party, that doctor who knew what they were talking about to help me get prepared for that environment as well as reintegrate all of things I've learned back into my daily life. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling and BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. There are licensed professionals and counselors who are specialized in areas such as self-esteem. Oh, who doesn't need it? Grief. Oh God, things are so hard. LGBT matters. So gay. Family conflicts. Mom and anger. And depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, and trauma. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting counselors and all additional 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash CI. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash CI. <laughs> right. And yeah. I, I wonder like, you know, you're, you get to see a therapist at the end of the week, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so there's your only like licensed professional. Then you've got girls talking to each other, which I imagine is therapeutic in itself to like, once you get past the, you know, the initial shock and trauma of having to be there and forced to like do shit against your Mm -hmm. will, like they're, I I just keep going back to the people who like run these things and seeing and hearing these girls talk about their lives and like maybe hearing that it's like the parents or the environment is abusive or like there's mental health issues. Like where where is anyone going like, okay, maybe we shouldn't be making this such a shameful experience. Mm. Or is that the only way to get a 16 year old girl to like fucking stay in line is to just shame the shit out of her. I think that's the attitude like of everyone Mm. I came into contact with in both the programs I was in all the staff, like, and even the therapists, right? Like that's really the attitude of like, 
we don't essentially they're like you we don't believe anything you say ever like you're assumed to and i hadn't come from like my parents never actually like raised me like that like they would believe most of the things i would say mm -hmm. and like and so just going to environment world now my parents are told never to believe anything i'm i'm saying so like if i'm like oh this happened you know at at the program mm. this week and like someone is you know like whatever i tell them like the crazy things that happen and they're told just like oh they're lying like she's lying which is so in some ways it kind of made our relationship worse for a while um mm. but yeah the staff like a lot of them would be on like mad power trips sometimes and i'm like i don't even know where you really get off with that like mm -hmm. why this is your line of work i really especially mm -hmm. the ones that weren't actual therapists and were just like right. staff there. i'm like what are you doing like why are you um, here <laughs> yeah and and just like I, I don't know. I think there's like a level that of like power and control these people. The weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year. Like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're, they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. People like to have, and maybe, you know, they were treated a similar way when they were younger. Maybe like they're getting back at, I don't know, so, I don't know, something that happened in their past. I'm not mm -hmm. sure, but there's definitely some weird psychology behind it. And a lot of the people that start these programs too kind of come from like weird religious, shameful backgrounds. Right. So even if they aren't yeah. talking about like God or religion explicitly, you know, um, like some of the things they do are just really like ritualistic, like very kind of mm -hmm. almost like cult like and just, yeah. you know, you again, and it's totally. so in, it's it's so insular that you and you aren't talking to anyone else on the outside for years, potentially. You don't yeah. really know. Like you're just like, right. this is just how it is. You show up. Everyone's treated the same way. And like, OK, I guess this is where I'm at now. And so. You know, yeah. you really, until you're out of it and honestly, even sometimes years removed, do you realize, yeah. oh, wow, that was <laughs> maybe yeah. not okay. And maybe I did just need love, but at the same time, mm. I'm like, what do you do if you, you know, if you do kind of need to be removed from your home environment? A lot of people I, there, I mean, they'd even say like, yeah, I needed to get out, especially if their family was like actually very abusive to them like mm -hmm. a lot of them needed to get out a lot of them didn't even want to go home like which was also really mm -hmm. sad because it's like wow, wow you're being here you're being treated better than you're treated at home like that's wild so wow. I don't really it's hard yeah. because there's not really another answer of like if you need mm -hmm. that extreme level of care um mm -hmm. and help but like there needs to be just people, the people who run it need to be trained and licensed. That's right. at the end of the day. Right. The people that started my programs, right. like, we're not licensed right. therapists. They were not, like, trained professionals. Right. They just, like, I don't even yeah. know why they started it, but they did. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because I went to rehab yeah. in Los Angeles. <laughs> nice. I went to cushy, cliffside you know, uh, mansion, like I went to detox. I didn't stay mm -hmm. long. It was way too expensive, but like I went where I could watch someone or myself manipulate the per like the people and the staff in charge. And it was a lot of like, if you walk out that door, you're done. Like you're yeah. not getting your money back. You're not getting yeah. help. Like that's it. And so I was like, I guess I'll, I'll put up with this just for a couple weeks and like 
see how it goes. And I remember when I left, I was like, I could not have been there longer just being told what to do, told like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I, but I, I think the difference and my sister also went to rehab, but she went to rehab in Florida, which they have some of like the most notoriously tough programs, oh, like God, sleeping sure. on a cot, oh, like, no. you know, you know, just it, it's shack living kind of situation. <laughs> and I keep just going back to like, but at least in those environments, you were seeing a psychiatrist, you were seeing a licensed therapist, you had medical staff around you 24 seven, like there's a, there's like an illegalness to this that it feels where it's like you even say yourself, you know, it probably saved my life. Like maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it exactly that way, but do you have any, I mean, we can kind of shift into talking about chill pill, but also like, do you have any desire to fight that system or like warn people of that system? Because why you do say it saved your life, would you have done it again? I guess. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like if I could do it over and if, or I don't know if I were my parents and this is kind of what I'm trying to do now, it's like, there just needs to be a better solution. Like there really does. And people have not thought about, I'm sure as you know, like have not thought about like mental health care differently in in a long time. So it's kind of just like, it's always been done this way. This is the only option. I'm like, this clearly is not the only option, but so yeah, in that way, I think the way I'm kind of almost like healing myself, like my 15, 16 year old self is through building chill pill, but also things like, I mean, like what Paris Hilton is doing, I'm sure is extremely healing for her and when she was sent away at that age too. And so that's kind of how I'm fighting back is like, here's a, maybe a different solution that maybe doesn't replace the whole thing, but could help um, a little yeah. bit. Um, hold yeah. on. I do. My computer's about to die. So I'm just going to grab oh, no. my charger I'll, really quick. I will entertain. Sorry. Go ahead. Step <laughs> away. I'm, I'll go ahead and entertain the guests. Okay. Oh, let's see. Maybe I could read one of our ads. Let's see. When does this come out? Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I'll do an ad for better help right now. Oh, my gosh. Coffee Dots. You know that I love talking about the one and only better help. Baby, this episode is sponsored by better help and relationships take work especially the most important one that you can have in your life which is the relationship with yourself a lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about we'll go out of our way to treat other people well but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment so this month better help online therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself i love my therapist we get very physical we do a lot of witchy stuff i think there are so many different kinds of therapists on BetterHelp, and that's why I absolutely love it. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Confidently Insecure listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash CI. That's B E. T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash C-I. We're back with Haley. Perfect. <laughs> that was like kind of perfect that we've got a therapy spot. This I week love that. I love that. Talking about changing systems and, and conversation, but like, let's talk about it. So tell me what is Chill Pill? Yeah. So Chill Pill are, is an app where you can attend audio only peer support groups um, where you can really just meet other people who are struggling with similar things going through the same thing. And the idea is really to find friends who just get you um, and give you a space to build supportive, um, you know, trusting, loving relationships, which I think, you know, one reason I'm starting with, you know, Gen Z, female identifying non-binary people is because we're not taught how to build these types of relationships. And they've been the most helpful thing to me like that and therapy equally are the most helpful things to me for my mental health. Um, Mm. So, so yeah, so it's audio only peer support group. So it's led by members of the community for members of the community, which I love. So it's, that's why it's free. It's accessible. There's not a professional in the room and I'm really taking a cue from, you know, my time when I was uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous and 12 step programs. So I've literally just like, like nothing I'm doing is at all like new. AA has been around, you know, almost a hundred years. And I loved going to AA because I, 
because there wasn't like a therapist there and you could share anything and people aren't giving you advice or feedback. Like you're literally not allowed to cross talk. Like, so, yeah. so it's just a space to share and listen to stories and then see, Oh, I, I can relate to this person. Let me go like actually be their friend and get support from them outside of a meeting. So, um, yeah. so anyway, so it's a lot about friendships and stuff. So we're not a clinical solution. Like I'm not trying to say, like, I, like for me, I've gone through a lot of trauma and like I need a trained professional to help me through that for sure. But I could be going to therapy every single week and but not have a supportive group of friends or a place to share with like normal people about what I'm going through and I'll be depressed. Like it will not matter how much therapy yeah. I'm going through if I don't have those like supportive peers in my life. So um yeah. so yeah, so anyway, so it's I've just essentially taken the model of like an AA meeting and put it in an app and apply it to different, you know, mental health issues than just alcoholism. So yeah, it's so amazing because I don't know of any app that is so um, uh, specific to young and predominantly women and talk without an adult and I'm making air quotes like without yeah. an authority figure in the room to say like, that's not right. Or like, you shouldn't be sharing that information. It's more like, this person will get it and understand mm -hmm. because they're going through the exact same thing I'm going through without judgment. And I wonder like becoming a, an app founder or a community founder, that's like a big thing. I, I selfishly have questions because I myself started a company over the pandemic and it is an <laughs> app based company. And I know that building an app is not easy. So tell me about the process of like building something that you had so such a personal connection to, but also it's like a business. Yeah. It's, it's honestly kind of a trip as I'm sure you can relate to. Like, I mean, I, every single day, I feel like I have no clue what I'm doing and yet have also extreme like self-confidence in what I'm doing. Yes. So it's like, exactly. It's, honestly, mental health issues, I think has prepared me to be a founder more than anything else mm -hmm. in my life has. Cause I'm like, I'm used to kind of the ups and downs, like mood yeah. and now it's just for something that I really care about and really meaningful. Mm -hmm. So that's great. But mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, no, I mean, I really like I raised I was able to like raise venture capital based off wow. of just honestly, like my story. And then wow. I had at my last job at the Knowledge Society, as we talked about earlier, you know, I put some girls in like peer support groups just because I saw them. They're talking to me about their mental health issues all the time when, you know, I was supposed to be teaching them about like artificial <laughs> intelligence and stuff. But like we we're just talking mental health and I was yeah. like, OK, here, I think I can help you guys do this. And then I realized, oh, I could probably start a company off of these like audio peer support groups. Um, so that's kind of how it started. So what's been cool about this process is like, yeah, we're building an app, but that's, it's a home for the community. Like the only mm -hmm. reason we're really building this app is because this community can't really, in the way that's like going to be safe and engaging, it can't really exist anywhere else online. Like it can't, mm -hmm. I mean, we've, we've been running peer support groups daily for almost seven months now in discord mm. as we're building the app so mm. like we've been essentially testing features can i join <laughs> oh my god yeah no i literally join like we have one almost every day like today's wow. tonight's one's about i think it's about relationships in the digital age Ooh. like the community members just you know pick their own topics it's you know yes. a group it's usually about like 10 to 15 people so they're oh, not wow. like huge yeah. groups half an hour super easy to join if you don't want to you know, share out loud. You, there's like a chat going on the whole time too. Mm -hmm. So you can share in the chat. Um, and yeah, and you can just show up and listen if you want to. There's like no pressure to share. You can, you yeah. don't even have to share about the topic. Like, that's like, sure, sometimes I go in there and I'll just like start crying because I'm like, this today was so hard. I'm like, <laughs> like they're helpful to, to me. Yeah. yeah I'm wow. Like, well, yeah, it should be, right? Yeah. Like, if you're building the app, you know, you're like the person, person, perfect customer demographic to be studying because you are literally living it. Yeah, it's it's so fun. I mean, it's weirdly healing, maybe not weirdly, but it's healing too, because I'm like, I'm building this for 15 year old Haley. I'm like, this would have helped me at 15. Would it have stopped all the crazy shit that happened in my life? Maybe not, but it would have helped. Like, wow. um, and I think the, the whole like no adult in the room, the thing that's nice, um, like I kind of mentioned earlier is that, you know, if you're under 18 and you're seeing a professional, there's certain things that like, they legally have to tell your parents or guardians if you say 
which mm-hmm. I get that that's a safety thing for sure. But mm-hmm. at, when I heard that at 15, I was like, great, I'm just not going to tell you shit. Yeah, like, this is like, okay, <laughs> like great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, therapy doesn't work. Like, because right, I just like, right. never was honest. Um, but, uh, yeah. but um, so it's that safe space. It's also, it's like only avatars, no profile pictures. Mm-hmm. And like your username is literally Indeed. just anything. Yeah. It's not your actual name. So like I could invite you to the app or to Discord, and you could—I I wouldn't necessarily know who you were at all. Like, yeah, in these that's groups, great. Which is then I really can be nice. honest. <laughs> exactly, and it's like you know, people are like, I want to invite my friends, but I also don't want them like knowing my shit. Yeah, so I'm like, sure. I get it. And um, yeah, because it's audio only. It's like you don't. I, I think especially probably for young women, it's so like it just takes out this whole layer of like judgment that we have naturally Mm. like and have been raised to have against each other where it's like oh well you look like this when you're sharing about this so I you know Mm. I'm gonna judge you and even if it's like even if it's a kind judgment like there's judgment Mm -hmm. behind it and so removing that for young women like I think that alone like creates a very safe space and then Mm -hmm. you know because there's no advice or feedback like then it's all just encouraging. It's all thank you for sharing, mm. you know, by mm. attending the meeting. I read like, or the leaders read like a preamble at the beginning that's like a minute long. And it's always, you know, by attending this, you acknowledge like triggering things are probably going to be said. And that's okay. Mm. You can still share anything. There's nothing off limits. But, you know, if you're triggered, here's what you can do. But like, there's not really a space that exists like that that's safe. And if you sign up for Discord, it kind of replicates what's going to happen in the app. But essentially, it's like, in order to even attend support groups, you first have to like write, you know, I send out daily prompts, like daily reflections that you can write um, or that you can answer. And you have to like answer three of those before you can even really join the community. And then mm. you have to like do that for, you know, 10 days before you can attend a support group. And then you have to attend two groups before you can share out loud and support groups like really. And I do that not because I'm like, well, one, I don't want to overwhelm people with like all this stuff to do, but two, it keeps it super safe. Like there, the Mm -hmm. amount of like, you can see in my comments on my TikTok videos, it's like just trolls like all the time. Like, okay, great. And I'm like, they have the link to discord. They try, I see them try to join and they can't get in because they get bored after like a second. And they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have to do this to, you know, troll anyone and cause Mm -hmm. chaos. Like, no, that's Mm -hmm. way too much work. But then it's like, okay, the people who are there want to be there and are per- actively right. participating, engaging and adding value to the community. So, um, so yeah, so I'm trying to just I'm create like, that safe space. Yeah. Do I have to be 15? Because no. I'm 31 <laughs> and this sounds fucking awesome. Like, just, like just a joy. I'm always, I say yeah. like Gen Z, I say like 13, yeah. 25. I mean, I'm 27 and I could literally go to like five support <laughs> groups a week. Like I'm literally like, so Amazing. it's not, you know, anyone can really join. It is just for female identifying non-binary gender fluid for now. But um, that, the plan great. is, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because a lot of the girls that initially joined are like, I didn't really like necessarily get that, like at the beginning, they're like, all right, fine, whatever. But now they're like, oh, I get it because I, it doesn't even matter like your sexuality, really. It's just mm-hmm. like, no, there's just, just a safe space where I know yeah. like you will get Different. what I'm saying regardless. Mm-hmm. And so, um, no, so really, you know, if you, if that's your gender identity, like definitely join age doesn't really matter as much. Um, you know, and we're just talking a lot about a lot of stuff that goes down in high school, quite honestly, like most people are right. like 13 to 18 that you're using it right now, which yeah. is really, really great. So, well, I want to highlight something you said, cause you, my first thought obviously was to like, Oh, what's the safety feature around like a 13 year old giving a 15 year old advice. But you said something like there's no advice or feedback. And I was like, Oh wait, can you reiterate that? That like, this is a place yeah. where I'm not going to like listen to your trauma and then try to solve it for you. It's really more exactly. support. Exactly. It's really like, I think people underestimate, I know I have in my life underestimate the power of just having that space to share where, you know, it's just me like, thank you for sharing. You're so strong for going through this. Like we're here for you. We love you. Like that's like what we all say to each other after we share. And like, mm. and, and that is just like having that validation is so powerful and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of the girls, again, that have been on it for months have been like, I'm like, literally, they're like, I'm now addicted to chill pill because like, I love this. <laughs> and I didn't know that when I give my friends support or get support, it can just be listening. And like, that's really, uh, really powerful. Yeah. Cause I'm like, when I was 15, I'm like, I didn't want other 15 year olds telling me what to do. I was like, how would you know? Like, you know, so I definitely didn't want adults to tell me what to do. So I'm just like, so we always say like, speak in I statements and you say, 
here's my experience with this. Cause you can say, I've done this. I've tried this. It worked for me, but that's different mm-hmm. than advice. That's saying, Hey, this is my experience. Here's what I've done. But that's know, also take just a good it. skill to learn as an adult too. Like you're yeah. giving a lot of like <laughs> prep skills for people to become better in relationships or better friends to people. Like that's yeah. a very valuable skill. Um, I, you mentioned that you you know, know a lot about AI and virtual reality, which like we need to chat offline because that's like, <laughs> a completely separate like passion in this household. Yes. But where do you think like artificial intelligence is going to, and like, I don't know, the growth of like the metaverse, how right. is it going to affect society's mental health as like a whole? It's so interesting because I, I've thought about this a lot. Um, I think people are moving more and more towards having to really identifying with like their online identities, especially younger people. Like my avatar on Roblox, like that is me. Like that's a part, a version of me authentically, even though maybe, you know, we haven't, I don't know. That's not traditionally how you think about like your, (laughs) what your your gaming avatar. But I think people generally are moving towards like virtual identities are, equivalent, Mm -hmm. if not even more powerful than like in real life identities, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. And in the mental health and kind of just like self-esteem and like body image space, there's like a different, different versions of like these avatars, like chill pills avatars are really cute and they look like little doodles. Like that's intentional. I was going to say, I thought it was a doodle at first. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, they're very much inspired by the doodles for sure. Oh, so cute. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's like intentional and they're kind of androgynous, like, you know, Mm -hmm can't really not many identifying features except for like cool hair colors but um you know but then you see other avatar companies like um like genies i don't know if you've heard of them but they're like very um they're very i mean they're cartoonish but it's like your whole body and it's like photorealistic yeah mark zuckerberg trying to have a metaverse meeting like with your actual identity in it and you're like yeah And I think it's going to be hard to reconcile our virtual and in real, like real life identities in like, that's one example of, oh, what if I look so different from, you know, my avatar? And we already see this with like filters and Snapchat and everything like that. Like you look so, you can look so different in real life than you do online. And, you know, how, how do you like reconcile that mentally or emotionally? Like, do you feel like a fraud and like, you're not being, you know, real, or is it better to just escape and look like however you want in the metaverse? You know, I don't, yeah. I think different people will feel different ways about that, but I think there's going to be kind of an identity crisis with this metaverse and, and then just yeah. relationships, like then what's the, you know, importance of physical relationships when most of our relationships are maybe now made or, you know, nurtured online. I mean, chill bill is a good example. I'm like, I don't have plans for it to ever be like in real life necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, but the very like love is blind. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so but like, I think that, that might be better, like not only for building relationships, but for business and for yeah. mental health conversation. Yeah. Like I'm guilty as fuck at judging someone based on their looks of like, exactly. oh, well, maybe that's why they're sad. Like <laughs> fucking like, and I'm a mental health advocate to the extreme. Like I'm guilty <laughs> as fuck. Right. So I it's know. like <laughs> these internal unlearnings. And I think like what you're doing with Chill Bill is so valuable and there is you're doing it all right you know like you're not you're doing it right and it makes me excited well thank you i'm i'm excited about it and honestly i'm like even if it's just you know i think we have we have like a few hundred girls on discord right now Mm -hmm. and um so everyone join for sure because we're running these support groups before we launch um so they're it's already happening but you know, even if it just helps these few hundred girls, like for me, that's honestly success, which maybe, yeah. maybe my investors like don't love that attitude. <laughs> we'll cut that part out for I'm the like, investor. I'm kind of like, I mean, it's true. I mean, I'm a very like mission driven person. I always have been in any job I do. And so mm. this is just like, yeah, very, very you know, close to my heart. And I'm just happy I get to interact with the community like all day, every day. That's pretty much my job. And then I hired engineers and designers to do all that stuff. Um, But I pretty much just get to hang out with like cool girls, like talking about their mental health all day, which is great. Yeah. Well, you kind of like so beautifully led yourself right into my last question, which is (laughs) going to be like, again, maybe a little selfishly because I am a, a founder, but like what kind of partner did you have to find in an investor like in VC money for mental 
hell. Like, I oh can't my gosh. imagine. I guess wellness is a very popular space, but this is like a niche, untouched zone. Like, literally, I've not heard anything else like this. Like, how did you navigate that? Well, I think for this niche, like a lot of investors are looking into what's like the next version of mental health care, mm. right? Because we had original, like regular therapy, great. Then we have stuff like Better Help and Talkspace, which is digital therapy, plug. Mm. Uh, no, but which is digital yeah, right? therapy. But it's, you know, it's taking the traditional model and moving it online in many respects, which is great. That makes it more accessible. But then there's now there's going to be a next step of what makes it even more accessible for people who can't afford that or who maybe don't even want professional help, they're like, hey, I'm going through a breakup. Like, that doesn't mean you have a mental illness or like yeah. maybe you don't want to go to therapy, but I'm going through yeah. a breakup and this like fucking sucks and I want someone to talk yeah. to. So investors, are, I think, are looking into like, what's this next version of mental health care look like? Mm -hmm. What's like a community-based version of this? Mm -hmm. um, so they were looking, I honestly, for me, it was like, I had to find investors that were comfortable investing in like, okay, this girl says she like knows what she's doing and like, <laughs> right. hasn't, you know, really tested it, but I've lived and breathed this in my own life for years. And so mm. a lot of it was like nailing how I tell my story and then finding investors mm. who are comfortable investing at the stage of like, okay, this is a very like founder driven company at this point, And like, she seems convinced she could do it and I'm comfortable investing at like this point. Wow. Um, so, yeah. so I think investors are looking for it, but it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to describe, to describe what it is to a lot of people, especially mm -hmm. if they haven't talked to teenage girls since maybe they were a teenager. <laughs> so I'm like, trust me, yeah. I know I've worked with teenage girls since I was a teenage girl. So like right. in some way, shape or form, I'm like, trust me, like this will be helpful and won't mm -hmm. solve all their yeah. problems. It'll give yeah. Hopefully people have foundation so that they can then solve their own problems. Um, well, yeah. you've already given me so many ideas of just like gathering data for my stuff of like, why don't we start a discord? Like, let's get that community. Oh my God, please, please join ours. It's so fun. I'm going to like immediately <laughs> after this. Um, Haley, this was such a fun conversation. You are so badass. You are doing something so important in this world. I hope you continue to know how valuable you are and how valuable sharing your story is. And where can the confidants find you and Chill Pill if they want to learn more? Yes. Well, you can come join our Discord. So we're at chillpill.app is our website. You can sign up there. We'll give you a Discord link. Um, follow me on TikTok. Follow Chill Pill on TikTok. Chill Pill is chillpill underscore app. I'm just Haley Caddis, C-A-D-D-E-S. So, um, and so, yeah, if you want to hear about more of my crazy stories, like posting about them all day at this point. Um, and yeah, attend our peer support groups. They're really, really fun and like low key. And, you know, you get, I, they're not going to be hurtful. They, I, they will be neutral, if not very helpful. So, yes. Oh, perfect. Well, Haley, thank you so much for coming by Confidants. Don't forget to check out all of the links in the description below. Find out more about Chill Find out more about Haley. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Yay.